How about we just pray and uh, go into the word of God today. Father, we thank you today for what you're already doing. Thank you for your presence in our midst. Thank you that you show up when we worship you. And Jesus, we just thank you that you are here. You're the living word. You're speaking to every one of our hearts. And as we look into your word today, Jesus, cause the word to come alive. And I just thank you for every person in the house this morning. Each and every one is called to be an influencer, a leader in their generation, Lord. And I just pray today for a revelation from your word that will transform us into the leaders you've called each and every one of us to be. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Have your way in this place. In Jesus' name. Come on, if that's what you want, won't you say amen. All right, this morning, I know it's already been said at least six times, but one more. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms in the house, just to get that out, right? Um, Today, I'm going to give you a message. If you want to go ahead and open up your bulletin on the inside, you'll find a little outline that will help you follow along. The title of today's message is Influencers. Everybody uh, turn to somebody else and say, I see an influencer. Maybe you don't know it, but turn to somebody else and say, maybe you don't know it, but I see an influencer. You know, here at Encounter Church, we talk an awful lot about leadership, right? If you've been around just even for a little bit, you've heard us talk about leadership. And leadership is a lot of things, right? Leadership is a lot of things. But above all else, leadership is influence, Leadership is a lot of things, and we could take time to talk about all the things that leadership is, but above everything that I could talk to you about leadership, leadership is influence. Everybody say influence. Now, according to Jesus, in his perspective, the way leaders influence the most and the best is through serving others. That's Jesus' definition, right? In fact, in Luke chapter 22, we're not going to go there, but you can write it down if you want. Jesus describes his perspective of leadership as the total opposite as the world's perspective of leadership, right? Because in the world, leadership means I'm above and you're below, right? In the world, leadership means I'm in a position above you and you serve me, right? In the world, leadership means I get you to do stuff for me. But in the kingdom of God, Jesus said, The leader becomes the least of everybody else. And the leader, rather than being served, serves others. Come on, somebody say, leadership is service. Now, we talk a lot about that, and we've talked a lot about that before. And in fact, this week in your e-groups, you're going to talk about uh, servant leadership, uh, leading through service. That is not going to be the focus of Today, So I really highly encourage you to go to your e-group this, this week. If you're like, I'm not in, a, in, in an e-group, well, meet somebody in the lobby afterwards and ask about e-groups because this week in e-groups, you're going to learn about leadership through service. But today's focus is going to be leadership through influence, okay? Leadership through influence because everybody has an influence. Everybody. It doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, what your background is. You have a sphere of influence. Everyone has one. Therefore, everyone has has leadership potential in the world. Everybody. And a lot of people think, well, I really don't have the gift of leadership. Well, maybe not. Not everyone has the quote-unquote gift of leadership. Not everybody's a born leader. Not You know, there's different personality types, and some people just seem to be born that way. I have a daughter. 
It didn't even take us more. It didn't even take to year one, to birthday number one, to know, oh, Lord, she's one of those that's like born a leader. She knows what she wants, right? But not everybody is a born leader, but everybody can be a type of leader. Why? Because every single one of us has a sphere of influence. Therefore, you have leadership potential, okay? And so the question isn't, am I a leader? The question isn't, am I an influencer? The question is, am I a good one? (laughs) If we can all agree, we all have a sphere of influence, therefore we all have leadership potential. The question isn't, am I a leader of some sort? The question is, am I a good leader? Am I a good influencer? And today, just to set this up, what we're going to look into in the Word of God, I think we can all agree on one thing. Godly influencers are good leaders, right? Godly influencers, those that influence towards godliness are good leaders, right? You ever met a bad leader? Oh, Lord, yes. Have you ever been under a bad leader? Rather, it's in the workplace, uh, in society, in government, God forbid, in the church, but it happens. But sometimes there's bad leaders, right? I don't know about you, but I want to be a good leader. And rather you become a big leader or in your eyes a small leader. I hope you want to be a good one. And the way to be a good leader is to be a godly influencer. Now, let's all agree. I think we can all agree on this one. Moms are leaders, right? And I know we've got a lot of focus on mothers and not everybody's a mother in here. Don't worry, this whole message isn't going to be about mothers, okay? It's going to help moms, but it's going to help dads and singles and widows and students and Doctors and teachers and everybody else, right? The young, the old. What we're going to talk about is going to be for everybody. But I think we can agree that mothers are leaders of their children. They're leaders in their home and their family. And mothers are leaders in society. And so today, again, we're going to honor moms as leaders. But what I want you to do, because I know I've been there. I remember when I was a lot younger and I still wasn't a dad and I would show up to church on Father's Day and you know the message is going to be about fathers and you're like, well, I'm just going to kind of tune out because I'm not a father, right? Right? Okay. All of you who aren't moms in the house, can I get a woo-woo? All right. Okay. <laughs> Although this message is going to be about a mom, this is not a message just for moms. This is a message for moms, for dads, for, for singles, for Sons, for daughters, for doctors, for lawyers, for the young, for the old, for if you're a server at a restaurant, whatever you are, whatever your sphere of influence is, this word is for you. But because it's Mother's Day, we're going to talk about a mom. Is that all right? How about we talk about Mary because she was kind of an important mom, right? Maybe the most important mom in history. And what I want to do today is share with you Three leadership lessons from Mary's life story, okay? Are y'all ready? Are all the moms ready? Are all the non-moms ready? Oh, all right. (laughs) 
The first leadership lesson I learned from Mary's life is, number one, in your outline, good leaders submit to God's word. Good leaders, good leaders, remember not just any leader, good leaders submit to God's word. Let's take a look at Luke chapter 1 for this. We're going to read verses 26 through 38. In the six months of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. How many ladies want to hear that from the Lord? (laughs) Not not if you knew what was about to happen. (laughs) Maybe. Confused and disturbed, which tends to be what happens when people encounter angels, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. It must have been good, but what could he mean? And he said, don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you found favor with God, and you'll conceive and give birth to a son, and you'll name him Jesus. He will be very great and be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever, and his kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. Come on, somebody. There may not have been universities back in the day just yet, but they understood biology. Mary had an understanding that, God, you're saying this is going to happen, but how? Has Has God ever spoken to you or you've seen something in the word of God before and you go, but how, Lord? Maybe not so drastic as this, but, but how is that going to happen, God? And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she's conceived a son and is now in her six months. For the word of God will never fail, right? There's nothing impossible when we believe the word of God. And Mary responded, here we go. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you said about me come true. And the angel left her and the rest. Marks B.C. to A.D., right? Now, I just want to point out something really quick. Again, this is not the important uh, I'm sorry, this is not the focus of today, but Mary understood the importance of being a servant. The first thing she said when God said, I'm going to do this, right? Mary is, is, has this encounter with this angel and he brings the word of God to Mary. The first thing she says isn't, I'm the Lord's worker. She doesn't say, I'm the Lord's, um, help me, helper. I'm the Lord's. What, sometimes we think of ourselves to the Lord. I'm the Lord's woman, right? I'm the chosen one. I'm chosen of the Lord, right? I'm the Lord's anointed. You got the right one, Lord. I'm the Lord's gifted. No, she says, I am the Lord's servant, all right? so important to understand the importance of of servanthood go to your e-group this week and find out more but the point that i want to really get to in this story is that good leaders have a commitment to the word of god good leaders submit to god's word she's good leaders say yes to the word of god 
When the angel comes and gives her the word of the Lord, her response is, if you go back to that scripture, what did she say? May everything you say come true. There wasn't a resistance to the word. There wasn't a shying away from the word. I find it interesting that God chose Mary for some reason. And in some way, I guess Mary had positioned herself that God knew she was going to receive his word. And she did. And this is so important if you want to be a good influencer. If you want to be a good leader, the word of God, you must be committed to the word of God in your life. See, you can't be a godly influencer without cherishing the word of God. In fact, I find it interesting if you go back into the Old Testament when God uh, starts to raise up kings over his people... One of the main rules he gave, if you're going to be a king, was to do what? Daily read his word, right? They had to daily read, right, the, the law. And this is true today. I've never met a good godly leader who does not read the Bible on a regular basis. There must be a commitment to the word of God if I'm going to be a godly influence. Now, let, let this help somebody out. Good leaders don't just read the word. They let the word read them. Because there's a lot of people out there that read the word. But when I take a look at, at their life, it doesn't look, I don't see the word. I don't see evidence of it. I've even seen leaders, Jesus people, right? Church leaders, and you know they read the word. They can even expound and teach and everything but then you take a look at their life and you're like not sure the words reading you buddy see I like that Mary said whatever you say come true in me right a good influencer doesn't just get the word in them I mean that's number one right how can Mary say, let it come true, if she never heard it? How can we see the word of God alive in our life? How can we see the word of God active in our life as an influence if we don't first receive the word? And I probably say this in every other sermon, but read your Bible daily. So I've never read the Bible before. Well, guess what? You're still here. Start today. Read to the I challenge everybody in here. Read the Bible every single day, even if it's just a chapter. You've got to get the word in you if you're going to see the word come true through you, right? And we don't just read it. We let it read us. In other words, I don't just go, I'm going to read this and pick and choose what I like. No, no, no. As I read the word, I receive the word and I let it pick and choose what it's like in me. And so, you know... A lot of times we say, read the word and apply it. Yes, absolutely. Read the word and apply it. But guess what? When you look at the word, it's applying itself, whether you're applying it or not. Did, did that make sense? Whether you are consciously choosing to apply the word of God to your life or not, it's applying itself. And 
How does it get applied? Obedience, blessing, good influence, good leadership. Disobedience, which oftentimes we don't call disobedience, we just call it ignorance. And I don't mean ignorance as in you don't know, I mean ignorance as in you ignore it. Come on, I've done it. I hope I'm not the only one who's read something in the Bible and you're just kind of like, ah, I'm just going to keep on reading the next chapter. Thank you, Jesus. That was nice. Whew. Come back to that one later. Or not. Right? No, we got to let the word read us. We got to do like Mary and say, whatever you say, let it come true in me. Even if it means I've got to change. Even if it means I need to make some adjustments and lay some stuff down. Cut some relationships. Stop talking the way I talk. Stop looking at what I'm looking at. Stop being, you can fill in the blank, right? We can't just read the word. We've got to let it read us. And we've got to respond like Mary. Let it be true. Everything you say, let it be true. Now, like Mary, good leaders submit. Everybody say submit. Submit. To God's word, even when they don't totally understand the implications. Because Mary's first response was, how can this be? Right? Again, I know I already asked, but I want you to think about it a little bit more. There are things that I see in the word of God that sometimes I go, how, how is that ever going to happen, Lord? Listen, I don't, I just put myself in Mary's shoes there for a second and think, Virgin, that's never happened before, first of all. I don't even have a precedent to know how he's going to do it, right? What is that going to mean for me that in society, what's my family going to think? And three, uh, I was just told I'm going to have the Messiah as my son. Not sure that I know what all that's going to imply for me. And I think we look at the word of God like that sometimes, and it's okay. Come on, everybody say, it's okay. It's okay to read God's word and see the big promises and, and the instructions and the precepts and everything that we see in God's word. And sometimes you can go, yeah, right on. And there's other times when I read it and I go, Lord, I don't know, but you do. I don't know how you're going to do that. I don't know what that's going to mean for me. I don't know what that means that's going to have to change in me. I don't necessarily know all that it means I'm going to have to do. But everything you say, may it be true. May it come true. We submit even when we don't necessarily understand all the implications. Because listen, if God says it, it's good. Come on, somebody needs to grab a hold of that today. If God says it, it's good. And we need to trust that because good leaders say yes to whatever God says in his word. All right, number two. Good leaders point to Jesus. First, good leaders submit to God's word. They have a commitment to God's word. They receive God's word. They apply God's word. We live out God's word. But two, good leaders point to Jesus. And for this one, let's look at John chapter 2. Start at the beginning there. The next day, there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. And Jesus' mother was there. And Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. And the wine supply ran out during the festivities. And so Jesus' mother told him, I, I think that's how she did it. I don't know. Maybe not, but shh, hey, c- c- come on, somebody, because 
Mary knew who he was. There's something about moms. They know who their kids are. Moms know a lot of things about a lot of people, even not their children. Moms have supernatural insight. It's like a superpower. Okay? Has anybody ever experienced that? She knew who he was. So she's like, hey, Jesus, they ran out of wine. All right. I love Jesus' answer. He says, dear woman, that's not our problem. Now, let's learn something. Come on, especially a lot of people in the younger generations. He didn't just say, woman, that's not my problem. He spoke to her with respect. Dear woman. I don't know how he said it. Dear woman. But it was, a, it was an affectionate, respectful way of talking to Mary. You better respect your mom. Oh, Lord, can't get many amens on that. All right. Don't just talk to your mom. (laughs) Even Jesus, the son of God. I mean, in a way, he was her father. Come on, somebody. Hello. But in the earth, she was his mother. And he spoke to her with respect, with endearment, with affection. You ought to do that to your mom. Some of y'all need to go call and not be like, mom. You know? All right. That didn't go over the, all the way. But you say, my mom doesn't deserve it. That's all right. <laughs> I mean, again, he was the king. She was his mom. He was her creator. She didn't necessarily deserve anything from Jesus. But he understood the power of respect. He understood, honor your mother and father, and it'll go well with you. All right. That wasn't even part of the sermon, but there you go. Honor mom. Dear woman, that's not our problem. My time has not yet come. But his mother told the servants, I want to insert the word anyway. (laughs) But his mother told the servants, just do whatever he tells you. You ever had your mom do something like that? Standing nearby were six stone Water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing, and each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. And Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. When the jars had been filled, he said, now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants followed his instructions. When the master of ceremonies tasted the water, that was now what? Whoo. A miracle had happened. They didn't know where it had come from, though, of course, the servants knew. He called the bridegroom over. A host always serves the best wine. First, he said, then when everyone has had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine. But you've kept the best until now. This miraculous sign in Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory. Everybody say glory. And his disciples believed in him. After the wedding, he went to Capernaum for a few days with his mother, (laughs) brothers, and disciples. Mary had an influence on Jesus. Not just as a child whom she raised, but we now see Jesus as a grown man doing his first miracle. And Mary has an influence on him. And not only in the miracle, after the miracle's done, she 
She's still with him and the disciples. If you read through the Gospels, you'll notice a lot. She's not always there, but Mary is often there. She's often present. Even when he's in, you know, he's the, the big guy and doing all the miracles and all the people are following him around. A lot of times Mary is there. And what I want you to understand here from the life of Mary, the example of Mary, is that good leaders point to Jesus. Good influencers point to Jesus because she didn't say, do what I say. She said, do what he says. But a lot of times, leaders in this world, we try to exercise our influence over people. But true godly leaders exercise Jesus' influence over people. True godly leaders don't say, do what I say. They say, do what he says. Good leaders teach people to obey Jesus. See, if you're a good leader, a godly leader, you'll realize it's not about what you think. It's not about your ideas. It's not about your plans or agenda. It's about his plans, his agenda, and what he says, right? What he says is the most important thing. Good leaders point people to Jesus. Now, I love it. And here's another side note. I think that moms have a special ability to influence Jesus. Now, I'm not going to ask you to hang your hat on this. This is not a doctrine, okay? This is, I'm not, I'm not creating the doctrine of mom's prayers are more powerful than everybody else's, okay? Because that's not a doctrine. But, but Mary, it looks like she influenced Jesus to change his mind about something. And a lot of times we get so caught up in kind of silly, uppity theology. And we think, you know, just God is totally sovereign and there's nothing you can do to change his mind. I don't see that in the whole Bible. People change God's mind all the time by their prayers. Or if you want to say, well, that was all in his sovereignty. Okay, well, people tapped into God's original intention through their prayers and they came to pass. Whatever your theology is. Reformed, unreformed, deformed, I don't care, okay? <laughs> but, but, but Mary changed Jesus' mind. She did. Okay. Again, I'm not saying this is a doctrine, but I believe mother's prayers and advice can be super powerful. Yes. <laughs> and you know what? I think it has to do with the purity and the specialness of mother's love. And some, for some reason, God created moms with like a third eye or something. Like there's like this extra sense of, I know where you were. I know what you were doing. I don't know with whom you were. I know what you're thinking about. I see it in your eyes. Has anybody ever experienced that from your mom? Thanks, mom. All right. Don't underestimate your power. Let me rephrase that. 
Moms, don't underestimate the power of your prayers. Even if you feel like you have failed utterly, you have special insight. Use it. Now, let's go back to the scripture. It says that this is the first... um, Let me just say one more thing on that because the moms need to be encouraged with this. Mary pushed Jesus into his calling. Are y'all with me? Now, please, again, I know that this part part right here is a lot about moms. If you're not a mom, take it for what it is for you. But Mary pushed Jesus into his calling. Jesus didn't doubt his calling, but she was instrumental in kind of revealing who he was. Don't take that calling lightly, mothers. You're not only called to raise your children, you're called to help them discover and push them into their calling, to encourage them into their calling. Now, let's get off moms and get back to the scripture here. It says that this is the first time he revealed his glory and the disciples believed in him. And this is something that I want us all to really grab a hold of today and take it with us. Are you ready? When we point others to Jesus and teach others to obey Jesus, it leads to a revelation of his glory. If you're a college student and your testimony, your lifestyle points to Jesus and you teach others about Jesus and you teach others to obey Jesus, you are revealing Jesus on your college campus. If you're a business owner and you go about business in a way that honors God, right? And you tell other people about Jesus in, in, the, in the business world. You are leading people into a revelation of the glory of Jesus. See, good leaders don't just go about their life not thinking about what their life is supposed to be about. Good leaders understand, I was put on this earth for a purpose, and that purpose is to reveal the glory of God, is to reflect the one who created me, is to reflect the one who saved me. So when I point to Jesus with my life, with my words, with my actions, with my testimony, as I raise children, as I serve in the marketplace, as I serve in the church, as I wait tables, as I go to class, whatever you do, if you live your life with the awareness of I am either pointing or not pointing to him, it'll change the way you live completely. I have to understand if I'm going to be the type of leader that God calls me to be in the world, which by the way, we've already established that's everybody, right? If I'm going to be the type of influencer God has called me to be, then I've got to live my life with the awareness of I need to point people to Jesus and I need to tell people, do what he says. Right? All right. Number three, we'll be done. Good leaders take care of people. Good leaders take care of people. Now, this is a little different one, but John 19, Jesus has been crucified. He's about to fulfill his calling. It's about to be finished completely. 
He's going to die. He's going to bear the sins of the whole world. He's going to pay the price, right? And then we know he's going to go into the tomb. The third day he's going to rise again. We, all this is about to happen, right? And Jesus is hanging there, and guess who's there? Standing near the cross were Jesus' mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas. So Jesus' mom and aunt, okay? And Mary Magdalene. They really like the name Mary. Okay. Mary, Mary, Mary. <laughs> when Jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciple he loved, which we know is John, right? He said to her, dear woman, again, here's your son. And he's talking about John. And he said to this disciple, here's your mother. And from then on, this disciple took her into his home. Now, there are some cultural implications here. We are historically unsure of Joseph's fate. Anybody ever read through the Gospels? You're like, what happened to Joseph? I think the last time we hear about Joseph when Jesus got lost. I don't know if Mary blamed Joseph and sent him packing or what, but <laughs> probably not. But... <laughs> All the dads in the house know what I'm talking about. All right. <laughs> we don't know what happened to Joseph. I mean, there are some different opinions. Maybe he died uh, before Jesus was, you know, began his ministry, so we don't really hear about him anymore. I, I mean, there are some other explanations that some people think. We don't really know where Joseph is, but what we do know is that in that culture, grown-up sons, in the absence of their father, would take care of their mothers. Are y'all with me? See, the mother spent her life to raise the son, and ideally, plan A is mother, father, husband, wife take care of each other. But in the absence of the father, the grown-up, the adult son, would then take care of the mother, Right? And so this was customary, and because Jesus was going to be leaving the world, he was literally telling John to take Mary into his own home and to, for Mary to become his mother, his own mother. And then what would happen? She would act as a mother to John because he said, here's your mother, right? And then he would act as a responsible grown-up man to take care of Mary as his mother. That's what was happening here. And see, this is what it boils down to. Good leaders just take care of each other. Good leaders spend their lives to serve and care for people. Because in the end, when all is said and done, it really boils down to people. In the end, it won't be what I accomplished. It will be what, how did what I accomplished affect people? We're all going to stand before God in eternity. And it's not going to be like all these amazing things we did. 
It will all be about the souls of people. Did my life, did I spend my life to serve and care for people? Because that is, listen, that is the only thing that will last forever and ever and ever is people. Your soul, your spirit is eternal. You're going to last forever and ever. And so is everyone around you. That kind of changes life a little bit, right? My life ought to be about, if I'm going to be the type of influencer God calls me to be, if I'm going to be a good leader, my life ought to be all about caring for people, serving people in His name. That, that really is the legacy of a leader, right? Come on, when you get to the end of a leader's life, you get to a, a, the end of a person's life, whether they were known as a leader or not, you don't hear about this much money and this great career. No, 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 no. You hear about she did this in me. He said that to me. I am who I am because she this, he that, right? The legacy of a leader isn't what they did. It's whom they infected and affected with their leadership. Leadership is all about taking care of people. So one more time, thanks moms. <laughs> but thank you to all of you who care for others. We have a very caring church family. Aren't you glad Colette's back and getting better? <laughs> it was a great Mother's Day gift to walk in here and see her. Getting well. Thank you, Jesus. She's one of the really caring people in this church. But there are so many of you. You just care for people. And I don't mean care in the sense of I care for people and that's all on the inside, you know? You know the people like that? It's like I care for people. Yeah, well, I don't see any evidence of it, but thank you for caring for me so much. <laughs> Your sentiment is highly appreciated, right? <laughs> no, good leaders take care of people. Because in the end, that really is what's going to count. So thank you to all of you who take care of other people. I have a question just as we close. How's your leadership doing today? Come on, let's bring it back to the beginning. I'm not a leader. Yes, you are. You're some type of leader. You influence someone. You are an influencer. The question is, how's your influence going? How's your leadership? How's your influence today? How is, come on, how is your influence on your children? How's your influence on your family? How's your influence on your coworkers? How's your influence on your neighbors? How is your influence on your classmates? How is your influence in your church community? How is your influence in this city and in, 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 in the society around you? How is your leadership doing today? Like Mary, are you submitting to God's word? Are you a person committed to God's word? Are you pointing people to Jesus and teaching others to obey Jesus? Are you caring for others? 
Because Jesus is inviting you to become an influencer. You're called. And the calling is just like we see when Jesus turned water to wine. You're called to be like Mary, who pointed to Jesus. And because you pointed to Jesus with your lifestyle, with your influence, he revealed his glory. How's your leadership doing today? Is your life leading others to Jesus? Is your, is, I ask myself, is my influence on people leading them to or away from Jesus? Or having no effect at all? How's your influence? You can stand if you'd like. I know most of you in here, but I don't really know everybody all that well. 